Hey everyone, welcome to episode 81 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. He responds, within two minutes, no problem. <laughs> just no problem. I immediately lose my shit. Derek and Steve present... Because I could not be more indifferent to this contest. It's much similar to the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> I suppose it's nice to watch every year, I guess. Anyone has any ideas for what sound? I have ideas. Yeah, for, don't well, ask. I mean, you were asking me what ideas I had. No, I've got ideas. Right. You just don't listen right. to me. Somebody drew, spray-painted a bunch of dicks on the faculty car parking lot at yeah. the high school, and we're going to do an eight-episode season trying to figure out who did it. That sounds ridiculous. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 81 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, what is going on? What is going on? Not much, Derek. Not too much. Not too much is going on. Um, lots going to go on soon. Lots going to go on this week. We've got a big sports week coming huge. up. You especially. Yeah, um, huge. But just packing, ready to, for the big trip. Ready for the big trip. So uh, this episode, uh, we can kind of safely say it this time, this is a little bit of an abbreviated episode because we have like two topics. Yes. Um, but it's for a particular reason. Yes. So we're packing. We're, we're packing. packing and ready to go. The boys are packing the up. The boys are packing up and flying south um, tomorrow. We're taking our talents to south to Florida. Somewhere near South Beach, but not really. So um, we're heading to Tampa. This weekend, uh, or this week, I should say, for the Patriots versus Bucks in Tampa on Thursday night. I think we mentioned this probably a while ago when we did a little NFL preview, but we were candidates to go to this game in Tampa, where you are from, and where we're I headed from. there. Yes, we're, we're headed Steve there. From. Color Rush game, baby. Col I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Color Rush. Wow. Okay. What is that? Did Actually, that I don't know. That, that Does it change I, things for you? No, it doesn't change any, <laughs> It doesn't change the plans. I'm, I'm not going anymore. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't change the plans, but the now I'm thinking about it. And the Bucks are going to be wearing red, right? It's probably true. I don't know if the, they'll have the Patriots wear their blues or if they have some white alternate that they'll wear because the road team usually wears white. But they might wear their blues. They, I mean, I guess blue and red are stark enough contrast that they might they might do the blue versus red. So yeah. interesting. We'll see what happens with the uniforms. I usually told, it's the Bucks. I totally the red, the forgot. The Bucks have been red two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Bucks will certainly be red, I think, at home. The they question is whether the Patriots will do a white or if they'll do. The Bucks need to do either a creamsicle or a pewter. Yeah. Those are the colors they need to do. Yeah. Try one of those. So I totally forgot about the color rush, but uh, anyway, the reason... How could you forget? I don't know. I don't know how I could forget. I just... I don't know. I just, I just forgot. It's the most important part about <laughs> Thursday night. <laughs> That's the whole reason we're going. Um, so we're going to Tampa. That's why this episode's a little abbreviated. We got some packing to do. So we're going to very briefly touch on Boston College, who had a, who had a win this weekend uh, against Central Michigan at home. Then we have two sports topics. It's this Pats Bucks preview and a quick MLB shakedown for the for oh, what's coming up shaking it down or shake it down and then we'll do our quick final jives and that'll be it so um to get us started let's before we touch on this tampa trip let's go boston college this past weekend uh we attended the game it was a rainy saturday yeah. not a lot going on not a big attendance for for the game this weekend uh tailgate wise or game wise bc kind of stomps central michigan on the scoreboard 28 to 8 but doesn't super impressed with yardage numbers and first down numbers and all this other stuff. Didn't really dominate the game the way you would hope against mm -hmm. a Central Michigan team. But at the same time, the game never really felt in doubt at all. Didn't it never felt like Central Michigan was threatening to win that game. Yeah, there um, was a point when it was two zero Central Michigan. <laughs> there was, and all hope was lost. That is true. As Boston College fans, that is true. However, Boston College did what it was supposed to do 
and beat Central Michigan. Yes. They didn't crush them. They didn't look surprisingly good against them. Nope. But the score was score high was supposed yeah, to be. The score was 20-point win is whatever. You can't complain about that. Yeah. There's one thing I will complain about, and sure. we'll just keep it brief. I've complained about this in years past with this coach. I will do it again. Sure. I'm ready. When you face an inferior opponent, it is not the time to prove that you can pound the ball down the throat of an inferior opponent. Yeah. It is time to practice your passing game. That sucks. Yes. It's time to practice your passing scheme. That sucks. <laughs> Not the ground and pound run game that is against a borderline D1 team that you know you will beat them on the ground. That's not what you like. We rushed for 250 yards. Great. Like we do this. We did that against Howard. We did that against every bad team. Yeah. Like work on your game. Work on the stuff you need to beat Virginia Tech next week. Yeah. It's blatantly obvious when, and this may not um, be as is translatable over the podcast, but when the quarterback rolls, they do bootlegs away from his throwing hand. So he has to throw. He has to run to his left and throw with his right hand. Yep. Across his body. Multiple times in a game, like I get it to you do it as a fake or to like trick the defense. They were doing it as one of their play calls. I yeah. think they called it three times. Yeah, they did. They did. You should not be having your quarterback run to the opposite side and throw it across. I mean, maybe that's the practice they're putting in. But how about you like let him get some completions in, <laughs> like do some check downs, run some do slants some... over the middle, <laughs> like some football plays. Yeah. Um, anyway, Boston College wins. Nothing huge to report there. Um, Adazio is going to claim that um, the team is on the up and up and it's such a big win and they fought really hard, which all may be true, but it is what it is. It We're is supposed to win is. that game. We're going to get crushed by the next couple of opponents <laughs> um, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So Virginia Tech is up next. It is a night game, uh, 7, 15 p.m. on ESPN. That's so crazy. It is very surprising. But Virginia Tech was ranked number 12 in the country before their loss this past week to Clemson. Clemson. So uh, so we'll see what happens there. BC at home against Virginia Tech. And then the following week is Louisville. So ver- two I'm going to say matchups. this. I think BC plays Virginia Tech very well. I think so too. I say it's going to be a closer game than we give BC credit for. My, my prediction the other day that I made was that it's going to be like a 17-13 Virginia Tech. I think the defense will come to play against Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, I, think I the also think won't do anything. the defense plays up to their opponents, especially like look at Clemson. Look at Clemson, right. And Virginia Tech's actually not a great football team. No. They've just played uh, – their opponents haven't been that great. I and they, they haven't looked amazing. But they're ranked really high, so the defense is going to think they're good. They're, it's a night game on ESPN. There's yep. going to be a lot of I think pressure. BC plays well in this game. I think BC plays well I don't well know if I'm game, willing too. to say they win, but I think they'll play well. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Virginia Tech, then Louisville. Uh, moving on. So uh, I think that does it for BC, right? BC update it. over. Yeah, That's BC's it. Yeah, BC's updates. Now we're moving on to sports. The Monster Jam. All righty. So we just talked about it. The big trip. The big week slash weekend. Huge trip. Huge trip. I'm wildly excited. I am wildly excited as well. You have to pick a different adjective. I am super, super duper excited. Well. <laughs> That's better. Much better. <laughs> um, so we're flying tomorrow. Steve's flying in the morning. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday, as you're listening, when you're listening to this, if you listen in the morning, Steve is on his plane. Uh, I'll be flying after work at night on Tuesday. So uh, we get down there, spend a few days golfing there, spend a few days at the beach and whatnot. But the highlight of the trip is Thursday night, Patriots first Bucks. So let's talk about the game a little bit. Let's do it. Um, well, first, let's let's talk about some history. Sure. So the Patriots are 6-2 and two all-time against the Buccaneers. Okay. Um, fun fact. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. I remember this. This is true. Yeah. Tampa Bay, Raymond James Stadium, is the only stadium in the NFL that Bill Belichick has not won a football game. Has I will uh, I will put an addendum has played at and not won a football game because there's a couple of new he stadiums. He has never played this at that year. game. Oh, he has no. never played there. Oh, oh. Yeah. All right. Well, basically, I'm saying excluding these like L.A. The, yes. The, the new. But he's played every other yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except for the new L.A. Except for the new yeah, L.A. Yeah. and new Minnesota. I think. Yeah. So he's never won in Raymond James Stadium never because they James played James. in London, I believe. They right? played in London to like, so they played in Boston. Uh, the Bucks played at New England. Patriots at New England yep. a couple of years ago. And we, then, we both went. To yeah. That. I mean, you only play these teams once every four years with the way the division works. Patriots Bucks play once every four years. So once every eight years, you'd play at Tampa. And the last time eight years ago was in London. Yes. And, and it was so, Bucks home game. Right. And, and so Patriots the last one. Right. Right. So, so there you go. This is the last, this is the conquest. This Defend is the last the thing. Yeah. Defend. I'm, I'm bringing it to the Bay. Defend the Bay. <laughs> so, um, the Bucks roll into this game at two and one, the Patriots come in at two and two. Um, both teams have had their struggles, I would say, and both teams have had their bright spots. Um, the clear struggles on both sides have been, I believe, in the secondary. Uh, now, you, I let you speak more to the Bucks because I haven't watched them as closely. Um, but on the Patriots side, it's been the secondary. Is that same? That's for true for the Bucks. Um, they've so the game they got murdered by the Vikings is kind of an outlier because mm-hmm. they had seven of so they had five people, five starters down with injuries that game. And three people got hurt. So eight out of 11 starters were affected or did not play for some portion of the game on defense. Mm-hmm. And they got smoked by Case Keenum. Okay, yeah. That being said, the secondary is by far the worst part of the Bucks' defense. Mm-hmm. They have a good defensive line. They're great against the rush. Or they're great against the run. Terrible pass rush. Terrible safeties. Mm-hmm. So the two things that you can beat the Bucks with are sitting in the pocket and letting a play develop and hitting deep balls mm-hmm. or long developing um, pass plays like mm-hmm. all the way across the field, yeah. which the Pats right. are actually very good at. Yeah, Brandon Cooks can stretch a field. When um, Amendola yeah. can can get some space. Yeah. If so, the Pats give Brady time, they I think he'll are have unbeatable. Time. Uh, the Pats are nearly unbeatable on the offensive side of the ball when Brady has time. The so, Bucks have one sack this season. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Three games. That so that that's a. That's a I th- big factor. I, bo- I think so. I think that's the yeah. correct stat. Let me, throw, so, let me look so it up. So if they have, if they don't have a pass rushing presence, that's a big factor f- against this Patriots offense. Um, on the flip side of it, um, the Patriots, a lot of people felt that now with the Patriots historically and Bill Belichick teams historically, there is no reason to freak out about struggles in weeks one, week two, week three, really through like week six or seven. There's no reason to panic about a Patriots defense or team because they've they've improved. Go ahead. I see you pulled something up. Yeah. So the Bucks have five sacks. OK, so it's not as bad, They're not as bad, but they they're not getting didn't as get much any pressure. last week. Yeah. And they got four of them against Mike Lennon in the Bears. Right. Right. OK. So. So, yeah. So they're not consistently getting pass rush. Um, so. Historically, the Patriots should have no reason to really fret about some defensive struggles in weeks one through seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were starting, you know, people are looking for progress with this defense. They get torched by Kansas City in week one. They, week two was the Saints, I believe. Uh, I think I'm missing a week, but um, basically they, they're going against a few uh, offenses that have struggled. You know, Kansas City is not a high-octane offense, and certainly Carolina this past week, Carolina's been one of the worst offenses in the league over the last year. Like, yeah. like after that Super Bowl where Cam Newton – people were like, Cam Newton got broken by the Broncos in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. 
and the Patriots get torched by that Carolina uh, offense. The, they their cornerbacks have no idea what they're doing. They're they're blowing coverages. Stephon Gilmore is like running across the other side of the field, leaving a vacated side, literally a vacated side of the football field against Carolina. Yeah. So, tons and tons of schematic problems for the Patriots on defense. That that again, if they somehow fix it, like like if they if it if it's all just scheme and they're able to all get on the same page coming into this game, I like their chances a lot more. But if those problems exist still. I think that Tampa is going to be better at exploiting those than Carolina was even. So there's so. there's two things to consider there is maybe good or bad, but Jameis and Deshaun have not been on the same page. They right. have yet to figure it out. Deshaun Jackson's targeted about four, mm-hmm. two catches for 20 yards last week. He's yet to have a play over 30 yards, I think, and and he has the most in NFL history mm-hmm. over the past couple of years for, for things like that. Mm-hmm. So they have yet to connect. Mike Evans, however, has shown that he is a beast. Yeah. Uh, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brate, the two tight ends, have shown mm-hmm. that they're beasts. Those are the, the, the trifecta you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Is the like Who's going to cover Mike Evans? Is it going to be Butler? It's, well, it should be Gilmore if he can get his act together. You know, so given, all, given what we saw a lot this past week from the Patriots, my best guess of what happens this week is that the Patriots have to revert to basics and they have to play a ton of man coverage. Like, there's a problem with with the scheme right now of players understanding their zones, understanding their assignments, and I have a feeling that we might see a very simplified cover two like manning up approach, like cut like two safeties and Gilmore's manned on on Mike Evans and Butler's manned on Deshaun Jackson. The tight ends I think then present a big problem because I don't think the Patriots are equipped with enough uh, pass coverage linebackers to be able to handle that, and that's going to be a problem. It is, because the one thing Jameis is getting better at is he used to be a hike the ball, stare down Mike Evans, throw it to Mike Evans, force the ball in there. But Mike is good enough to body someone out and make a catch. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get any yards after the catch. He catches it and falls down. But now Jameis is spreading the ball all over the field, which Mm -hmm. is part of the reason Deshaun hasn't gotten many touches, but because he's throwing to O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, Adam Humphreys, Chris Godwin – We've got a lot of guys floating around making intermediate catches. Right. Um, so, and we get Doug Martin back, which yep, will be huge. That's big. Doug Martin's not a big threat out of the backfield, like mm-hmm. catching passes, but we've had a non-existent run game, and we're two and one. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's a possibility that the offense really clicks against this Patriots yeah. defense. And, and and right now, thus far, it's been a defense that a lot of offenses are getting on the right page against. Um, you, you had a Houston Texans team roll into Foxborough last weekend and really find a groove against Patriots despite a loss. Um, Brandon Cook's last second touchdown wins the game for the Patriots. But, I mean, Deshaun Jackson and the Texans put up 33 points in that game against the Patriots. Or 30 points in yeah, that game the against Patriots the Patriots. could easily be one and three they could they are one one ridiculous throw and catch away from being one and three and oh and three at home which is like very uncharted territory so i I know that patriots fans are are conditioned to say it's fine it's uh, it's october we play in february we play in january you know january is our time february i mean um october who cares what we're doing in october but i mean i think this year is not the same level of oh it'll be fine you know I, i there's a lot of red flags right now that i'm if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm very, very concerned. Well, about. what's different about this defense? <laughs> so like, well, you didn't they, lose they, any they lost. Big they lost some defensive linemen. That okay. so they, they lost their D line. Jabal Sheard was a really good pass rusher. He went to uh, Indianapolis for pretty big money. 
Um, they lost a couple other guys as well. Rob Ninkovich retired. Mm. Um, and Logan Ryan was their other cornerback. But they, up, they quote-unquote, upgraded that to Stephon Gilmore, who has not been an upgrade thus far. Um, again, I know he's still learning the system and everything, and we'll see. But um, I've been talking a lot in the last day or so after watching Gilmore in this game. And what really worries me, and like I was telling you this earlier, Belichick has almost never – we, we, we talked about this earlier I, I, when we were talking about the Butler contract dispute. Like I have pretty much come to the terms of like, I'm going to trust Bill Belichick's personnel decisions almost unilaterally because he's really not made bad personnel decisions yeah. in his career. I mean, he lets guys go like Wes Welker, who then two years later is out of the league, you know, and, and, and he, he, some former college quarterback, Julian Edelman, he's just like, he's going to replace yeah. him, you know? And it's like, that sounds like a crazy decision. Wes Welker was like, one of the best receivers in the league when they made that decision. And it's like there have been tons of decisions like that that, that have been right. And Stephon Gilmore this offseason, they pay $65 million for five years. When you had Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, who just you won a Super Bowl with that duo, and they're, you know, you got to pay them, but not like crazy money, you yeah. know? And so I just decided, you know, it's fine. Like he makes the right decisions. But in an entire career, you're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And I'm, I'm I'm pretty worried that Stephon Gilmore could be one of these guys that was in Buffalo in a losing situation, and everybody says, "Well, he's really good." Like the the Bills stink, but like Stephon Gilmore is really good. Just trust us, you know. Yeah. And it's like, well, welcome, only, yeah. welcome to the rest of the NFL. Well, there. exactly. <laughs> I, I know, but it's the I'm wondering how much the with a position like cornerback, you just have to trust what people tell you as far as a fan goes. Like. I've never watched Stephon Gilmore play a snap on the Buffalo Bills. Like, I, when when would I have watched a Buffalo Bills cornerback play yeah. a snap? Like, and see how he covers anyone? I I haven't. You, you just rely on what the media says, and so people all told everybody that Stephon Gilmore yeah. was an upgrade, but I don't know if he is. And one of the tough things about cornerbacks is their lack of production could be a good sign. So like, yes. if they don't get targeted and don't rack up stacks or stats, yeah. that means they're probably better than. And it could be the opposite too. Yeah. Like, and we, like I mentioned Namdi Asimov earlier. Namdi Asimov is a guy in Oakland who didn't get targeted ever. And, and it was because, yeah, because he's blanket coverage guy. They're not going to target him. Well, if you just get that reputation, our quarterback's just going to stop throwing at you. And then if they stop throwing at you, are you really, are you actually good? Or are they just not throwing at you because they think you're good, you know? And, and like, there's, it's tough to tell. It, like you really need to just scout a cornerback and really watch him and know, and, and like, you know, pick up on all his tendencies and everything. And obviously the Patriots scouted Stephon Gilmore before signing him, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's something to be concerned about. I think if, you know, there's going to be mistakes along the way. At some point in your career, you're going to make a bad signing, and I'm just worried that this could have been one All for right. the Patriots. Well, so, what, what are your two biggest matchups to watch so, this Thursday, Thursday night in Tampa? The Patriots are lucky that it's not a Sunday game because yeah. one of Sundays in the early portion of the season, yeah. midday game, are brutally hot yeah, yeah. and are a huge advantage for, for Bucks, Bucks teams. Yeah. The Bucks dress in their yeah. whites, have the opponents yep. dress in their darks. Mm-hmm. And the Pats have a dark blue, yeah, right? Which is and close it's to black, really yeah. hot, and it actually is a very big advantage for yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. So playing at night on Thursday, I, I assume the stadium is going to be fifty-fifty Bucks Pats. Fifty-fifty, you think? The, the Pats haven't played in Tampa in twenty years. Yeah, that's and it's true. a it's a New England town. All the the People snowbirds are still there. down there. They yeah. haven't gone up for the winter yet. Yeah, that's um, true. That's true. 50-50 seems a lot, but I, I think there will be a lot of Pats fans I think there's going to be there. a lot of Pats fans. Um, 
So maybe not the, the two biggest matchups. I, I don't know if I can go like uh, individual player matchups, but the the grouping matchups. It's certainly the secondary ver- New England secondary versus the Bucks receiving core. Both guys you mentioned, Evans and Jackson, as well as mm-hmm. the tight ends. That's a huge. I mean. To me, it's whether they go man and, and if they're able to man up. Because, again, I think if they man up, the tight ends are a problem. And if they don't man up, it's a question of whether the Patriots can get on the same page with their scheme. And even if they do, it, it means that Mike Evans is going to be able to have a chance to you know find soft spots in zones and go up and make plays. Yeah. So I think the Patriots secondary against the Bucks receiving core, including tight ends, is one key matchup. And the second one is the other one that you touched on, which is the Bucks. Um, defensive line against yeah. the Patriots offensive line because regardless of how bad the Patriots defense is I think given like what you've said about the Bucks secondary if Tom Brady's got a clean pocket and five seconds to throw they are going to shred the Bucks defense if they get that so I think yeah. the Bucks need to put some pressure somehow manufacture pressure whether it's blitzing I don't think blitzing is usually the answer against Brady I think you need to get the D line having pressure because he's very good at picking the soft spots that are created by blitzes um so I think it's the it's the trench battle. The Bucks D line against the Patriots offensive line is the other matchup I'd be, I would be watching. So mm-hmm. that's my thought. Yeah, no, I mean the, I I echo that. My only other thing besides my two would definitely be the pass rush, the Bucks pass rush, mm-hmm. because Brady, if you give him time, is the best quarterback in in the league by far. Mm-hmm. And the if the Bucks are very bad at pass rushing, it's going to be a long day for the Bucks defense. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is getting Doug Martin back. So if the Bucks can establish that run game. Mm-hmm. Early, and finally, Jameis, the, the playbook will open up for Jameis way more. They work off the play action mm-hmm. a ton and really well. Mm-hmm. And if you can get that piece going, I think the Bucks have they've started to throw in some no huddles. I think it's really going to be a momentum shift for the Bucks if they get up by a touchdown and then start pounding the rock and doing play action. Um, also, the Bucks haven't lost in six straight home games. Um, dating back to last season. Mm-hmm. So they're really starting to catch fire at home. They're learning how to finish games. They still have a very, very bad kicking situation. Um, last week, Nick Folk missed two field goals. He almost missed the game and winner, a, right? He missed two field goals and a PAT and oh, and almost missed the game winner. I didn't know he missed all that. Yeah, so he we left seven points on the board. Wow. And almost missed the game winner. So yeah. it was certainly not a fun time yeah. to be <laughs> – on the Bucks fan, but we won that game. And why, weirdly enough, this is going to sound stupid. The Bucks have the best punt team in the league, by far. Huh. Yep, they have the best punter and they best the best punt coverage team. All they right. pin te- they pin teams in the five within the five every couple downs mm-hmm. or every like couple possessions. Um, they win the possession battle with their field position. Yeah, they they win the field position battle with their special teams right. in terms of the punt team. So. Mm doesn't sound like it's important but if you watch games like this every week like i have to being yeah. a bucks fan it really makes a difference oh it makes a it huge makes difference. a huge difference it makes a huge difference yeah i mean because like missed extra points missed field goals like they are so critical later in the game especially if you don't have a run game like the bucks have you really just need to make a few good throws to get into field goal mm-hmm. range mm-hmm. like Jameis is pretty erratic he'll throw like really du- he'll do anything in the world to not take a sack yeah if he's about yeah. to get hit he would rather turn her backwards <laughs> and throw the ball over his head than take a sack he's just <laughs> that kind of person so the less distance you have him throw the ball the better i think um but if you can get that running game working too it's going to be 
It's going to be a good game. Both teams are just barely above average. Yeah. Right now they are. Yeah. So. Gosh, I can't wait to whoop you guys. Oh, God. I want to win so bad. (laughs) Should we make a bet? Should we put a bet on it? Um, I don't know. We can think about it. Loser has to do something weird in the next podcast. Maybe. Or or admit like a secret. Maybe. I don't know. We'll think about it. (laughs) You're nervous. You could be nervous. I'd be nervous if I was a Pats fan. Hey, there's a reason to be nervous about the Pats, and it's been all, it's been a decent while since I can really say like I genuinely don't know if this team maybe isn't that good. Are you gonna like, wear a Pats jersey? I've been thinking about that. I don't really have any Pats T-shirts. I like I think I'm I think I'm gonna have to wear a jersey. <laughs> I might see what what John's doing. John's gonna wear the Legarrette Blunt Bucks jersey. He he's wearing a Bucks jersey. He might wear the oh Legarrette. So he's told he told me to bring it. I can't believe he's gonna wear a Bucks jersey. It is a Legarrette Blunt me, Bucks leave jersey. Leave me hanging. Um. All right. I'll have to. I'll talk to him and see. I don't have any I mean, Pats I T-shirts. I don't care what you'd wear. Yeah. Um. But I'll think about it. I think John will wear Pats, but yeah. he asked me to bring it, so I may bring <laughs> it. It is pretty sweet. It's yeah. Tw- number twenty. Oh, it's a great jersey. It's a great jersey. Yeah. It's like triple XL. Yeah. I don't know where I got it. <laughs> um. But alrighty. So that's that's that for the Pats Bucks preview. Um. So we'll be heading down there to to witness that game and uh. I think as a side note, while we're on that topic, I think you'll be in Florida for a few extra days after that. So yeah. we likely are not podcasting next week. Uh, Columbus Day. Steve will be getting back late on Monday. So I think we'll probably not do the podcast on Columbus Day Monday. So yep. um, that wraps up the uh, football talk. Brings us to our last sports topic, which is a quick MLB preview. Um, so the baseball playoffs are set um, after a somewhat underwhelming pennant race across the board. Nothing mm-hmm. really came down right to the wire. Yeah. The, the MLB season needs to be shorter. It does. It needs I, to be I shorter. Mean, so, well, so, and we've, we've had these like philosophical discussions about this many times. I feel like, um, it needs to end. It does. It's not consistent. It needs to, this, the regular season needs to end right around the time football starts. That, that would probably be fine. Um, uh, maybe a little bit after. So, they so, can cut so down here, by here's, 60 here's games. my thing. Here's my thing. I, I don't think that um, pl- I don't think playing this time of year is bad. I, I actually kind of like the feel of October baseball, but I think that it's Give not them more cons- breaks in between. I don't mind more breaks or. But here's the thing. It's it is so dumb that a we play a one game playoff for the wild card team. Like the New York Yankees had a great season. Like the Yankees had a great <laughs> they year. Had a great year. They, they they just missed winning the division. The Red Sox beat them out by like two games or something. Three games. And the Yankees have to play a one-game wild card against the Twins, who are not nearly as good as them. But they have to play a one-game wild card. And like anything can happen in one game. You play a hundred sixty-two game season. Why is it a one-game first round? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that is the newer development because that's only been in existence for a few years now. Um, the fact that the the LDS series is only five games, I think, is ridiculous. Yeah. Every other sport plays seven game series from the get go. In basketball and hockey, you play four rounds of seven game series. In baseball, there's not even four rounds in the playoffs. It's only three rounds, and they have to play a five game series why in the first one. It's not consistent. Like uh-huh. the re- if if you ask somebody why you have if you ask anybody in baseball today why is the season 162 games, what do you think they would say? Statistics. It's, it's it like, equals out over time. That you need that's the sample size you yeah. need to determine who's the best team. So why do you only play five games in a so? It doesn't make sense to me. They they should play a hundred forty game season. Anyway, move yeah. we're moving on. So it's okay, the, Derek. The the wild card matchups, twins versus Yankees is the uh AL wild card matchup, and the Rockies Diamondbacks is the NL wild card matchup. So those are Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively. Both so both are gonna be great. Yeah. It needs to be Yankees and Diamondbacks winning those games. I agree. A hundred percent. Both 
not are just better, but they're more fun to watch. Yes. Diamondbacks are one of the, I think, the best teams to watch in the MLB. Mm-hmm. They have great hitters. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. And, I don't know, I just, the Rockies, what do the Rockies even do? Nothing. They just play baseball they and they're boring. They just play baseball yeah. and they're boring. So they wear purple. Yeah. Um, so we want the Yankees and the Diamondbacks to win those for the sake of objectivity in the baseball excitement for the playoffs. So uh, that brings us to uh, the actual LDS series. So we have the Red Sox and the Astros on one side, Astros being the higher seed at home. And then we have the winner of the wild card against the Indians, who are the highest seed uh, at home in that series. So so either Twins or Yankees, twins or Yankees versus at the Indians. Indians. Yep. And then Red Sox at Astros. So... Uh, one strange thing, and I, I, we're not going to like break down all these series. It's really yeah. just to kind of go over what's going to go on and, and give a little quick little introduction to it. Uh, one strange thing, and this is something that I, again, I guess it's kind of a complaint about baseball, similar to what I just ranted about. Baseball, for some reason, is unable to find a schedule that makes the LDS series watchable. Like, so I'll preface this by saying I'm actually happy about the schedule because of our Tampa trip. Yeah. But if we were not going to Tampa and I was just here in Boston working this week, I would be furious about this schedule. Friday, yeah. Thursday the Red Sox at play four. game one Thursday at 4 p.m. Friday, then Friday, Friday at 2 p.m. <laughs> like, I would miss both of those games at work. The t- first two games of the ALDS, I would miss because I was at work. Like, how does baseball, like, it didn't used to be this way. When we were growing up, you didn't miss divisional games because they were during the day. Like, I know we didn't work when we were growing up. We were at school. But I I don't remember games being in the middle of the day in playoffs. Like, it's... I didn't watch many playoff games when I was... That, <laughs> that, that's a fair point. Um, but it's like, just air the games at the same time and let people choose which one to watch. You could flip between them. Like, go on Fox and TBS or whatever. Yeah. It's like... It's baseball. It's not it's like you're base- missing action. Yeah, you're missing... It. Like, you can literally probably flip, flip between pitches. Yeah, pitch, pitch, it, seriously. Pitch, pitch. It's like a really strange schedule they do. But anyway, for me, it works because um, I can like stream the game on my phone now before we go to the Patriots-Bucks game. Because if it was right during the Patriots-Bucks game, I wouldn't be watching the game on my phone during the during the football game. Yeah, because you got football. Right, exactly. But like while we're just tailgating or on the way to the game or something, I can keep tabs on the game. And then Friday, same thing, 2 p.m., you know, it's not going to conflict with anything. So for me, it's good. But like for everybody else, it's pretty aggravating that you're going to be at work missing those games. Um, yeah, anyway, it sucks everyone else. Yeah. You're at work and Derek um, is going to be watching. I'm going to be watching on my phone. Um, so quickly, the uh, other games going on, the Cubs and the Nationals, pretty high profile matchup. High profile, but don't care. Don't really care either. And then the wild card play in, hopefully Diamondbacks at Dodgers. Who, that which would is be pretty, great. Pretty exciting I would series. love that. Um, so one thing for sure, there's a lot of star power and – teams that had great seasons in the playoffs this year. So uh, it should be very exciting. I don't even know who my picks are. to w- Who are your picks I got to, to win? Go for it. Well, let me do my actual pick to win and then okay. my okay. my one wild pick to win. Okay. It's going to be the Astros versus the Dodgers in the World Series. Okay. And I think the Dodgers win the World Series. The Dodgers win the World Series. Yeah. Although, my here's my one wild pick. Mm-hmm. Twins in the World Series. Real, that's twins, a wild pick. The twins are hot. That's a wild pick, I think though. all you have to do is ride a hot streak into the playoffs wow. in any sport, and they are about the hottest team in yeah. baseball right I now. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, that is true. That's a wild, wild pick, though, the twins. Count me in. All right, that's your wild pick. That's my wild so, pick. So um, the thing about these playoffs, as I look at these teams, is that there are a lot of teams here 
and I know this doesn't really matter, as we saw with the Cubs last year, but there are a lot of teams here that are so good, but they're franchises that have not yet proven that they can do it. Yep, it, that's it, true. It, does that make sense? Yeah, the because Ast- the Astros, the, the Astros, Dodgers, the Indians, the, the, the Indians, I still count here because the Indians yeah. didn't win the World Series. Like I know the Indians have been there and they've been really, really good for two years or a couple years now. The Nationals perpetually lose in the playoffs. All of these teams perpetually lose in the playoffs. Yeah. E- even teams like the Indians have not gotten over the hump yet. So that and the Dodgers are, are, are another one like that. Yeah. So because we're missing like the classics, like the Cardinals and the, yeah, I mean. There's, there's, I mean, <laughs> that's it, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, but there's, I mean, there, there are some of the classics like the Red Sox and Yankees are in here, yeah. but like they're not the favorites in these playoffs. And so the teams that are loaded up here, like the, the home teams across the board, you look at these four home seeds Astros, Indians, Nationals, Dodgers. None of those teams are World Series winners. You know, like they haven't won World Series lately anyway, and they aren't, they haven't shown they can get over the hump. So that's the interesting thing to me. If I'm picking right now, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not going to touch the Red Sox because I don't want to give them any bad mojo, and they also just don't think they're going to beat the Astros or the Indians. I shouldn't say. I should say I don't think they'll beat the Astros and the Indians. Mm. Um, I'm going to pick the Indians and the Dodgers, and I think the Indians are going to win this wow. year. Wow, I do. It's a nice little pick. I do. I, I think that. I, I just think the Indians are going to win. I think that they're too loaded. I think Terry Francona has yeah. so much experience in this situation. That I just He's going to coach gonna, a good baseball team. I think they're going to do it. I know, I know managing isn't a huge thing, but like, it's he's just been there so many times. In the times. playoffs, it, it's yeah. all mental. Yeah. Like, those players have played so many times. It, it all comes down to one game. Yeah. If you can say, listen, we're going to win this game for these reasons. Yeah. Like, Joe Madden made a, a literally a living out of making a comfortable clubhouse. Yeah. And he brought the Rays to the World Series and then yeah. had brought a team that hasn't won a World Series in 108 years to win a World Series. So he. It's all about setting a good clubhouse, especially in the playoffs. So I think Francona, you're right, and Joe Madden are two good people to do that. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. There you go. There's your, uh, there's your little baseball shakedown, as, as I call oh, it. Oh, that earlier. was a nice little shakedown. So uh, that's it. Brings us to the final drive. Final drive. Go first or you go second? I'm going to go first. All right. Um, so I watched the first episode of the ninth season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, Larry da- show by Larry David, creator of Seinfeld. I had actually never seen a Curb Your Enthusiasm until yesterday. I watched the first episode of the first season just to acclimate myself to the characters and the feel of the show. Literally, just a show about nothing, well, similar to Seinfeld. Awkward situations left and right. It's like Modern Family on steroids. <laughs> and hilarious. And then the new episode, even funnier. It's, it's relevant to today. It's, nice. It relates to me way more now than it did back when it was airing in, in I think, like the early 2000s or late 90s, whenever it aired. Because I hate everything similar <laughs> to Larry David. Like, uh, right, he, he could make an entire episode on sitting on the tee and people that bother you on the tee. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think he's hilarious. I'm going to watch the rest of the episodes. I If you haven't ever seen it, I think the first episode of the ninth season is a great place to start because it you I really didn't know any of the characters and I jumped right in yeah. and it was awesome still very awkward <laughs> very weird um but overall there were some laugh out loud moments <laughs> curb your enthusiasm new season HBO starts started last Sunday catch it All right. uh, episode one there you go so catch it it is back I know it was a very popular show when it first aired so take Steve's word for the new season is good mm-hmm. my final drive is a quick little um 
little update on the Celtics because they are starting. We've been we've had this game on in the background here. Their opening preseason game. Um, interesting. I mean, you can't read too much into it, but for the first game in the starting lineup, the Celtics go with Jalen Brown starting at two. We had talked about this a little bit in the aftermath of the Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade, who they would start in that open spot as well that uh, Avery Bradley occupied last year. So they start Jalen Brown today, uh, which is interesting. Marcus Smart is the other main candidate to be in that spot. Um, but, it, you know, just it's going to be interesting. We, we watched some of this game today. Kyrie Irving didn't look great. I mean, everyone's got some rust in the early going. The Celtics have a lot of guys. It's going to be interesting to see how the Celtics get down to like a 10-man rotation because they, they have a really deep team with these young players that they've kind of built around where Danny Ainge doesn't really have any roster spots that he feels is like a garbage spot. You know, it, it kind of came out in that situation where Cleveland was asking for more. There was like no guy on the roster that you just felt comfortable throwing in because Danny Ainge loves all these guys. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get it down to really like a 10-man rotation because you can't go like 15 deep in the NBA. It just doesn't doesn't work it's a star it's a star league so um but it's uh you know good good to see him back out there and uh it'll just be interesting to see the way this rotation shakes out that's the biggest thing that i'm interested to find out because there's a lot of different variables that could go into it but in the first game anyway it's jalen brown uh getting the start at two so we'll see the uh season starts in a couple weeks and uh one preseason game in the books so go we'll orlando check back magic in. go orlando magic <laughs> Going for that number one pick. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so that does it for episode number 81 of You Heard It Here Second. Uh, that's it. See you guys in two weeks. Yeah. Two later, weeks. Later cool. days. Later days. A- 82 in two weeks. 82 in two weeks. <laughs>